book of Vayikra, chapter 21, begins with a prohibition that the Kohanim, the priests, should not come in contact with the dead. Verse number one, And moral Kohanim b'nei Aaron, v'yamartolehem, v'nefesh lo'yi tamah b'yamav, they should not defile themselves for any dead person amongst their kin. Here we have actually, and Torah simply assumes that the reader knows that it's forbidden uh, for the Kohen to come in contact with the dead, and that, that defiles you. Tuma, that contact with the dead defiles, which was in, stated in one place in Vayikra in passing, but the entire section of Tumat Mate, the Torah has reserved for the next book, the whole chapter of the red, the red heifer, the Paraduma, chapter 19 of the next book, is strikingly absent from the book of Vayikra, which deals with purity and impurity, Tuma and Tara. In any event, the Torah says that the Kohen may not come into contact with the dead except except for his relatives, those closest to him. And the Torah then says who those relatives are. Imo, Aviv, Bno, Bito, Achiv. Those are five. Mother and father, son and daughter, brother. And for the sister, the unmarried sister, as well, for those he is either permitted to defile himself, that's one interpretation, or required to defile himself, that's another interpretation, goes to the funeral. He helps the, with the burial or whatever, so he's either permitted or required. He's certainly not forbidden. The next verse is very interesting. However, Lo yi tama bal biamav lehi chalo. Verse number, uh, verse number four is a difficult verse. Lo yi tama bal biamav. He shall not bow. He shall not defile himself. What does a bow mean? Sometimes the word bow is de- is defined translated as husband. If you translate it as husband, it means, but a husband may not defile himself biamav. Could, could refer to his wife, for that would profane him. That, in fact, is how Rashi understood it. And then the Torah is explicit that the relatives to which the Kohen, to which the priest may or must defile himself, that is to say, come in contact with the body, with the dead, Tumat mate, does not include his wife. From this, these verses, he would not be permitted to go to his wife's own funeral, which will be exceedingly strange, given the fact that the classic example of X burying Y, the main story in the Torah about X burying Y, must be chapter 23 of Genesis, when Abraham comes to bury Sarah. So that would be exceedingly strange if it's forbidden for the husband to, if he's a Kohen, to bury his wife, given the fact, given the primacy of the Torah, of course he's not a Kohen, but given the primacy of the Torah and the emphasis of the Torah, makes upon the burial of the wife and that they're buried together in that particular place and not just Abraham and Sarah but even Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Leah they're all buried there and that purchase and all that it would be strange but that's how Rashi understands the this particular text and then the permissibility 
for the husband to Kohen to become Tame in conjunction with his wife, the Talmud finds a different a different way to permit it. That's how Rashi understood it. Nachmanides understood it differently. He didn't interpret the word Baal over here as being translated as husband, but Baal as an important person. And it could mean that the Kohen is not permitted to defile himself for anybody else, even Ba'amav. Perhaps it means for another Kohen. You might think can't go to the funeral of an Israelite, a plain Israelite. But for a fellow Kohen, he would be permitted to go. So the Torah says no. That would defile him. The exceptions are family. That's as far as the regular Kohen is concerned. But the Torah, in the very same chapter, in chapter 21, begins... So what do I do? You're, um, you're going to keep recording. You should still be recording. So that is true for... Uh, you have to edit this out now. Yeah. This is true for a regular Kohen. But when it comes to the Kohen God, or the high priest, Kohen HaGadol Me'achav, who is exalted above the others, from this we have the expression Kohen Gadol. He's Gadol Me'achav. He's exalted above the other priests. And what does that mean? In what sense is he exalted among the other priests? And the Torah says, The anointing oil has been poured on his head. That is to say, he didn't pour it on his own head. Somebody has poured the anointing oil on his head. And he has been ordained to wear the vestments. That refers to the eight vestments of the high priest. That's, so he's different. At Rosho lo yifra uvegadav lo yifrom. He may not permit his hair to grow wild, nor may he tear his clothing. So presumably, in the simple, plain meaning of the Torah, these are mourning rituals. The Torah, it sounds like the Torah says he's not permitted to mourn. He can't engage in mourning. He may come in contact with no dead. Even even his father and his mother. The father and mother, you would expect, that perhaps he could uh, engage in mourning rituals and in the funeral, which would defile himself, contact with the dead. Here the Torah seems to connect, and it's very interesting that the Torah seems to connect rituals of mourning with the uh, permissibility or perhaps even requirement to become Tameh. That's actually very striking. So the Kohen Gadol can do neither. He can't mourn, and not even mother and father. It sounds like mother and father, of all the ones that you may be permitted to, the Kohen may be permitted to come in contact with the dead, that mother and father is the most obvious that there, perhaps, perhaps because there's a requirement of honoring the mother and father, there I might think that at least the exception for those two, but even those two, the high priest may not mourn. And he is not permitted to leave the sacred place. He shall not literally go outside the sanctuary and profane the sanctuary of God, for upon him is the nazer. Nazer literally is a crown. Here they translate in the JPS distinction. It literally means a crown. The crown of God, having been anointed with the oil, is upon him. I am Hashem. 
So what does it mean? The Kohen Gadol is different. And I would suggest the following, that the Kohen Gadol, min ha-mikdash could be interpreted that when he's doing the avoda, if he's in the middle of the service, and he discovers that a relative, close relative has died, he's not permitted to stop his service. For example, we see this with Aaron the priest. His two sons die, and Moshe says, continue with the service. But when you read the text literally, it sounds like the high priest doesn't leave the holy place, doesn't leave the Migdash. So my understanding is, as I understand it, it means not that he can never leave, but he always has to be ready to serve. Unlike the others, he's always ready to serve. Perhaps for this reason, I wonder if the high priest actually would drink. The Torah says you're not forbid, you're forbidden to do service if you've drunk wine. Shtuye yayin. Yayin v'sheichar al The high priest is always ready to serve. If you think about a parallel to this, I would say the difference between the prophecy of Moses and everybody else. The prophecy of Aaron, the prophecy of Miriam, they're great prophets. But they're not always ready to prophesy. They require preparation. But Moses is different. Moses is always in a state of preparation. He's always ready to hear God's voice. And that requires a certain kind of behavior. It's a different kind of behavior. So the high priest is always ready to serve. Umin hamikdash say, Everything else is put aside. All personal needs, in a sense, all other kinds of responsibilities, or at least many kinds of responsibilities, the focus on the service of God. Even to the degree, says the Torah, that his own personal grief cannot be expressed through the rituals of mourning. Because he's always ready to serve. This distinguishes, says the Torah, the priest from the high priest.